the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up for Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up for Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up for Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I am going to begin a new series, and I want to take a few minutes and talk about this series, and we're going to look at some Scripture and talk about some Scripture. But first, let me preface this um, this series with a couple of explanations. So if you've listened to this program before, you know I've been on the air for quite some time here at Salem Communications. I am actually in my 14th year on the air. And when I first met my wife many years ago, uh, and she heard my testimony, uh, she said, Craig, you need to write a book. And I thought, I kind of laughed at her because it was like, okay, right. Uh, first of all, I'm not a writer, so I don't know how to write a book. Uh, and like anybody else, my th- initial thought was, I don't know anybody who would want to read uh, a, a, a book about my life or about my testimony. And... Uh, over the over the years, when people would hear my testimony about how the Lord radically changed my life, other people would make a comment and say, you should write a book. And I kind of had the same response as I did with my wife. And then I get a call one day from, say, uh, from the radio station, and it was with the vice president of, of um, the radio station here in Dallas at the time, said, we'd like to talk to you. And I thought, uh-oh, maybe they're going to cancel me, <laughs> take me off the air. So, and, and this was a long time ago. Uh, and I, so I came, came and, and met with the radio station, and they said, um, we don't know if you know this or not, but Salem Communications is the largest Christian broadcasting organization uh, in the world, and we own a publishing division. And I said, uh, okay. And they said, it's called Zulon Press. And I said, all right, why, is, why would you mention that to me? And they said, well, we've gotten to know you. We've heard you for a few years here on the air. And we think that you should consider writing a book. So that day when I left the station, I got in my vehicle and I was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to do? Because I'm not a writer. I have no clue how to write a book. Long story short, I had some friends of mine, and I've been involved in prison ministry for the better part of 20 years, and I had some friends of mine who said, let us make a suggestion. When you drive to the places where you're going to do ministry work, why don't you just turn on a tape recorder and just talk, and we will ghostwrite your book. So I said, okay, and, and so I tried that, and, and it, to be to be honest, folks, it was horrible. And so um, I was at kind of a dilemma. Uh, about how I was going to try to uh, make an attempt on writing a book. Well, I do a lot of my studying in the middle of the night, 
always have been for the past 25 years. The The Holy Spirit will wake me in the middle of the night, and I'll get up and I'll spend uh, real intimate time in prayer and studying the Word, and it's a really important part of my life. And so uh, fairly soon after that meeting with the radio station, I was up one night, and I felt like the Holy Spirit may uh, was giving me a prompting that it was time to write my book. And so over a period of 40 days, uh, or actually 40 nights, which, you know, 40 is a significant number in the Bible, over the next 40 nights, I wrote my first book. And that first book was titled Free Indeed. And um, based off the scripture where Jesus said, who the Son makes free shall be free indeed. And so that was the title of my first book. I wrote that book over 40, uh, and it was, I think, 14 or 15 chapters. I can't remember. I wrote that book over a 40-night period, and Zulon uh, Press, uh, Zulon Publishing, who's part of Salem Communications, ended up publishing the book. Long story short, I didn't feel like I wrote it. I felt like the Lord wrote it because when I sat down to write that book over 40 nights, I would sit down and say, Lord, I don't know what you want me to write, so I'm here, I'm available, you write the book. And so I felt like um, over a period of time that the Holy Spirit literally helped write the book or wrote the book. Um, Fast forward, it got published, and it got nominated for a, a Christian Writers Award and actually won a Christian Writers Award, which tells you I didn't have a lot to do with it because... If I'd have written the book on my own accord, it would not have won any kind of awards. So I say all that to say this. When I was writing my first book, my wife read the book before I sent it to the publisher, and she said, I think you've got three books total in you. You've got definitely a second, and I think you've got a third book. And I was like, why would you do that to me, Micah? That's my wife's name is Micah. I said, why would you do that to me? And so um, after the first book came out, um, I had some other people, a lot of people started saying, when are you going to write your next book? And I said, I'll write the next book when I feel like the Lord is leading me to write the next book, but not before. And that was, I think that book was actually published in uh, 2011 or 2012. And so it's been quite a while. And I just, I kind of had a few years ago, I kind of had it in my spirit about what the book might be about, um, and but I didn't feel like I, the Lord had released me to write that book. Well, fast forward to about um, seven or eight months ago, I felt like the Lord was leading me that it was time to actually write the second book. Now, I say all of this to tell you that I have finished the second book. Um, I, I, we are in contact with Zulon Publishing again. They will be the publishers of the book. And I, my target date is probably going to be uh, in the next 60 days that we will go to um, print and actually get the book ready to, to actually hit print and, and be published. So uh, what I want to do on the program today, I, I'm not trying to promote the book, but um, if you've listened to this program before, you know that I have a biblical worldview. I look at things in America and I look at things from the in, that are happening in our world today from a Christian viewpoint, from a biblical viewpoint. And I think the Bible has so much to say about the days we're living in right now, the things that we are witnessing and are transpiring right now, that prophecy is unfolding at an alarming, uh, 
depending on if you're a believer or not, if you're not a believer at an alarming rate, if you are a believer at an amazing rate, and we're, uh, prophecy is unfolding before our very own eyes. And so I, a lot of my teachings are what does the Bible have to say about the time we're living in right now? And one of the scriptures, my life verses, is in uh, Ezekiel chapter 3 when God called Ezekiel to be a watchman over the house of Israel. And I will flip over there and read a, a particular couple of verses because it's important giving you context as to why I would write this book now and a lot about my ministry in general. So in Ezekiel chapter 3, I'll flip over there real quick, and I want to read a couple of verses to you. And again, this is when how Ezekiel got his calling. But in Ezekiel chapter 3, and I always teach from the New King James Version. So Ezekiel chapter 3, uh, in verse 16, Ezekiel writes, and he says, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a, war, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. When I first read the, these particular verses in the third chapter of Ezekiel, I knew immediately that that was part of the calling on my ministry. Um, it's called a watchman calling, and it's not a popular calling. It's not. I, I can tell you that Ezekiel didn't didn't uh, seek the Lord to be a watchman. Uh, if you look through the the Bible in the Old Testament, and then also in the New Testament. The, the the men who had a watchman calling on their ministries, people like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, the Apostle Paul, these were people who had very difficult lives. You th- you might think, oh my gosh, I, what what it would have been like to be Isaiah, or what it would have been like to be Jeremiah, folks. These had these these men had very difficult lives, and the calling that was on their ministry to be a watchman calling, just like it was for Ezekiel, it's not popular. Because when you begin to call out the darkness, when you begin to, to shine the light on the darkness and the corruption and the evil and uh, the depravity of a nation or a world of people or a group of people, it's not popular. It's not, it's not going to be received well. And, and it hasn't been for all these people in the past, and it's still not a popular calling today. Now, I will tell you that when I began my ministry, it was not with any intention to be a popular ministry. I don't mean it in a negative way or a critical way, but I don't care about being popular. What I want to be in my ministry is I want to be faithful to the Word of God. I want to be faithful to the, the, the calling that God has put on my life, and part of that calling is a watchman's calling. And so um, my first book, Free Indeed, was really a testimony about my life story, about uh, how I was raised, how I lived my life, what it took for God to get my attention, and how God, you know, one of the scriptures that people don't like to hear about is where it says in uh, the third chapter of Proverbs 
Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. You know, we want to hear about all the promises and the blessings from God, but we really don't want to spend much time thinking about or hearing about the chastisement, the correction, the judgment, or uh, those things from the Lord. But our Heavenly Father loves us enough to where when when we are not living our lives correctly, He will do what He needs to do oftentimes to get our attention and to bring us to a place of submission, to a place of humility, and really a place of brokenness for some of the for some of us that that He can then get our attention. And one of my life verses is "Be still and know that I am God." And for me. It took the Lord really breaking me and getting me still before I could know that he is God and I'm not, and that's where he began to change my life. I began to spend 8 to 10 hours a day in the Word of God, and you can't spend that quality time in the Word of God without it changing your life. So my first book was free indeed about a testimony about how the Lord changed my life. The second book, and I'm not going to give you the title yet because I've got to get the title copyrighted through the through the publisher, but I'm going to begin to talk about the content of the of the second book. Um, again, if you've listened to this program, you know that uh, I am uh, a lot like the, the the prophet Jeremiah was. Uh, the Lord prophesied through Jeremiah for 23 years uh, to a nation that had turned from God, had rebelled against what God said to do with, about being right and wrong. They had uh, there was an open rebellion. And God prophesied through Jeremiah for 23 years, and Jeremiah's heart literally broke for his nation as he witnessed the demise of his nation. And Jeremiah is one of my favorite books in the Bible, and you probably won't hear anybody else say that. But Jeremiah, I spent four months in the book of Jeremiah the first time I entered into it. And so um, I share the the same um, feeling for my nation as Jeremiah felt for his nation. I have watched a nation, I'm 66 years old, and I have watched a nation that I grew up in that I no longer recognize. I've watched a nation that has been more blessed than any country in the history of the world, more blessed and more prospered by God, and that has slowly turned away from God, has slowly uh, turned away from his word, and now as a nation, and, and when I say these things, there's always a remnant of people. So if you find yourself and you go, Craig, I haven't turned from God. I don't. I still believe in the Bible. God bless you for that. But as a, as a majority of this nation, folks, uh, and I think the evidence is overwhelming that we as a nation of people have turned from God, have rebelled against what God's word says is right, and embraced what God says is wrong, and that's called an open rebellion. God calls uh, called the nation of Israel when they were like that. He called them a stiff-necked people. And I believe that we as a nation of people have reached that point, and a consistent theme throughout the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is God said to the nation of Israel, and he would say to us, if you will trust me, if you will obey what I ask you to do, and if you will believe what I say, things will go well for you. I will protect you. I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will be your front guard and your rear guard. And I will be your father, and you shall be my children. And for so many years, we in America believed that, and we were blessed. And God protected us and prospered us. And over the last 40 to 50 years, didn't happen overnight. It's actually one of the chapters in my book called It Didn't Happen Overnight. But slowly we began to turn away from God. 
And when you begin to do that as a group of people, God begins to remove his hand of blessings and protection, protections. God sends warnings, and, 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 uh, and just like he did when he spoke to Ezekiel here, about when I tell you to give the people a warning, I want you to warn the people. Well, I will tell you that watchman calling is on my life, on my ministry, and I will tell you God has sent many, many warnings to, to America that we should confess that we've turned from him, that we should repent and return to him, and yet to almost a, 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 to, to a very, very large minor, majority, we have thumbed our nose at those warnings from God. We don't believe God's word is relevant like we used to. We don't put our trust in God's word like we used to. We don't obey God's word like we used to. And the consequences are everywhere, and the consequences are overwhelming. And that's kind of the crux of what this book is, my second book that I've written. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to to talk about different chapters in the book, different themes of the book, and I'm going to begin to kind of teach on the book. And I'll give information as it comes forward. Again, I'm not trying to promote my book. I just, I'm passionate about the things in my book, that they're important to the time we're living in right now. I think it's timely. I think it's uh, poignant. I think it's um, accurate, and it's all from a biblical viewpoint. So that's what the next several weeks are going to be about. This is going to be part one in this series of introducing my second book. I'm going to take a quick break, come back, and I'm going to jump into uh, kind of the introduction of the book. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. We return to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. And on the program today, I mentioned before the break, uh, I have just finished writing my second book. It's at the pub- We're in the process of having it published now through Zulon Publishing, which is part of the Salem Communications family, which is the the, the parent company for this radio station, The Word. Uh, I've been on the air. I'm in my 14th year on the air. Uh, they published my first book, Free Indeed, and they're publishing my second book. I have not given the title yet because we're waiting for copyright on the title. But I'm gonna, the next several weeks, I'm going to talk about the content of the book and really teach from it because what it is, in a, if I could just give a couple of sentences about the book, it's a snapshot and it's a, it, it is peeling the onion back, so to speak, and looking at our nation and our world today, where we're at, how we got here, uh, is it too late, what can we do, all from a biblical viewpoint. And this is really the calling that's been on my ministry from day one, is, and I mentioned this before the break, it's called a watchman calling. And so um, when I talk about things that are in the book, when I talk about things in the next several weeks about chapters in the book, please hear my heartbeat. I, I was born and raised in America. I'm a patriot. I love my country. And I make no apologies that I'm, a, I'm conservative. Uh, I'm, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, and I'm not ashamed of it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ in Romans 1 and 16, and I'm not either. But, um, you know, part of my ministry when we started this was called Stand Up for Jesus. And the catch line we used underneath that ter- that that title of Stand Up for Jesus Ministries is, if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? And folks, I will tell you that ministry was started in 2010, and it's just as relevant today as when we started it. 
if if we don't speak out for our faith in this country, who is? And if we don't do it now, when will we do it? And I'm not sure that it's not too late already. And so that's really the crux of my ministry is that Paul said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It's not a popular calling, but that's the calling on my ministry is to expose the darkness, to expose the evil, to expose the corruption. And I I live in America. My heart breaks for my country, just like Jeremiah's heart broke for the nation of Israel when he wrote Jeremiah. I'm not I'm not comparing myself to any of the prophets, obviously, but what I will tell you is I understand there's a watchman calling on my ministry, and that's where the second book uh, is really come from. I feel like the Lord released me and, and to, to write the book. I have sought the Lord uh, extensively in writing the book, and so, um, the, the, you know, when, when I write this, when I'm in writing this book, it's not a feel-good book. It's not a book to where um, it, it's not a your best life now book. It's more of a book about folks. This is where we're at. Let's look at this realistically, with be wide opened, clear eyed, and look at where we're at realistically. And uh, and here's how we got here. Here's where we're at. And is it too late to turn this thing back around? So that's kind of the crux of it. Now, what I want to do right now is I want to read part of the introduction from the book. Um, and here's what I said in the introduction of the book. I said, how did we get, how did we as a nation get to this place? How does a nation slide so far down so fast? Is it already too late to turn this thing around? Do the majority of Americans really even care anymore? What will this nation look like in another 40 years or 20 years or even 10 years? Do people honestly want to know the truth about what has happened to our nation? These are all questions that we will attempt to address in this book. I believe very strongly that we as a nation have been deceived, and I also believe that many people either don't want to know the truth or they can't handle the truth. I will attempt to peel back layer by layer and expose the deception that has taken the greatest nation in the history of mankind to the point that we're at right now. When an onion is peeled, layer by layer, inevitably tears follow. And as I have watched, as I have prayed, and and as I have sought the Lord through prayer and his word concerning America today, there have been times that I've been brought to tears. I will be candid and to the point in this book. You may not agree with some of it, part of it, or all of it that I write, and that's okay. I'm not trying to write a feel-good book here. What I, what I am attempting to do is to sound the warning trumpet as the Lord is leading me to do. I, I will base what is said in this book on Scripture, the Word of God. There are two reasons for that. First, the Word of God is the truth. Whether you or I believe that or not has no bearing on the fact that His Word is the truth. I'm not God, and neither are you. Only God is God, and his word is true, no matter what we may think. Secondly, Scripture is the one constant. You see, folks, everything we see and touch will one day be gone, but God's word will remain. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-four thirty-five, 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Please notice that Jesus said by no means. Nothing will cause his words to pass away. The Bible was relevant when it was written. It's just as relevant in our world today, and it will always be relevant. Let me ask you a question. Are the economic problems we face today a threat to America? Answer is yes. Is terrorism from around the world a threat to America? Answer is yes. Is our national debt a threat to America? Answer is yes. All these are threats to America, but they're really just the manifestation of a more deeply rooted problem. You see, folks, I can cut weeds in my yard, but they will come back over and over and over again until I get to the root. So in this book, let's dig deep. Let's get to the root of the problem. Let's examine from the truth of Scripture what God says is wrong with us as a nation. I sincerely believe the day may come when my grandchildren will ask me, and rightfully so, Poppy, why did you guys let this happen to our nation? What, what will we answer to the future generations about why we allowed this to happen to America? I love my country, and I just mentioned this a minute ago. I love my country, but I don't recognize the America that I grew up in just a few short years ago. We must take a very serious difficult look at what is happening, and we must do it right now before it's too late. That's the introduction for the book that I've just written. So um, just by hearing the introduction, that probably gives you a little bit of an idea kind of where I'm coming from in this book. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my next break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to kind of go through some of the different chapters, the titles of some of the different chapters and just make a brief mention of those particular chapters um, so you'll have a little bit of an idea about what the book is about. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. And I mentioned it before the break and at the start of the program, but I have just finished writing my second book. Uh, do not, uh, I'm not ready to give the title out yet because we we're in the process of getting the title copyrighted. It's going to be published by, by Zulon Press, which is part of Salem Communication, which is the parent company to this radio station, 100.7 FM, The Word. And um, uh, I'm excited about it. I feel like the Lord uh, released me seven or eight months ago to write the book. Uh, I've, I've just read the introduction of the book before the before the last break. I want to read something to you, and I think this is thought-provoking. And before I read this, I want you to ask yourself, where is America in this particular scenario? This is a quote by a guy named Alexander Frazier Tyler. And, and here's what the quote says. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years. These nations have progressed through the following sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to apathy. 
from apathy to dependence and from dependence back into bondage. Again, that was written by a man named Alexander Frazier Teitler. I'm not, I said Tyler, but it's Teitler. So let me just talk about this for a second. I think this is a very thought-provoking um, quote by this gentleman because he says the average age of the greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. Well, that's about that, that, that's fairly close to how old we are as a nation. Um, and so if you go back and you study the different great civilizations over the years, you're going to see some very common denominators. And one of the common denominators you're going to see of civilizations that uh, were some of the greatest in, in the history of mankind and then crumbled, some never to come back, is sexual immorality. And another one is just uh, basic decline in morals and values. Uh, and lack of leadership. These are some of the great, uh, and they're all kind of tied in together. But when you go back and you look at, um, and of course also um, the decline of the middle class. When a nation's middle class evaporates and you just have an upper class and a lower class, it's only a matter of time before that before that particular nation or civilization is going to crumble. And so when we look at this quote, and it says that the greatest civilizations uh, uh, were, were about 200 years old, um, it, it causes you a pause or it causes me a pause to stop and look at where we're at right now in America because it says these nations have progressed through the following sequence. And it says from bondage to spiritual faith. Well, you know, America was really formed uh, coming out of, out of bondage. Our, our forefathers that came to America, they came because they wanted spiritual freedom. They wanted to be released from the bondage that they were that they were experiencing in in, in old world England, and so uh, the first sequence there is from bondage to spiritual faith, and then it says from spiritual faith to great courage. Look, it takes it takes spiritual faith to have the courage. It took a lot of courage for our forefathers to leave their home country in Europe and come to America and start a brand new country. It took tremendous spiritual faith. And then it says, from courage to liberty. Well, uh, they had to fight. They weren't just released to come and start a new country. There was a war. They had to, they had to fight England to be able to have uh, the freedoms that we have in this country. So the first thing you have is from bondage to spiritual faith, then from spiritual faith to great courage, and then from courage to liberty. And then we, 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 we achieved that liberty. We became a free nation. Then it says, from liberty to abundance. Now, this took a while because when we got our freedoms, we really, when, you, when a country gets its freedom, there's really a time period and a growth that a country has to go through. I would call getting its legs underneath itself and getting its foundations in place. And then once that happens, you begin to see some prosperity come upon a nation. And so that nation will go from liberty, the freedoms that it has, to a place of abundance. And we certainly have experienced that here in America. We have been in a country that has been blessed in abundance by God more than any country in the history of mankind. Then this next phase, it says, from abundance to selfishness. Hmm, that's a revealing statement right there because we've also experienced that. We went from a place in America, I don't know, 25, 30, 35, 40 years ago from a place of abundance, and then we began to become more and more and more of a selfish nation. 
And I will challenge you just the, the term selfies, where we take pictures of ourselves and post out for people to see. That is a snapshot right there of where we are at as a nation of people right now. So this step is from abundance to selfishness. Then the next one is from selfishness to apathy. Apathy means it's uh, where you begin to relax and not work so hard. And maybe the work ethic is not what it used to be. And maybe we just we begin to take things for granted. Now, does that sound like something that's happened in America? I will challenge you and say yes. We've begun to take the blessings of God for granted. We've begun to take all of our comforts in life and the things we enjoy and the blessings and the abundance that we have. We ta- we as a nation think that, we, oh, well, well, this is the United States of America. We'll always be a great nation. You know, we could never actually fall, okay? That is a snapshot of from going from selfishness to apathy. Then the next comment there is from apathy to dependence. Well, that's kind of a revealing statement, isn't it? So you go from selfishness to a complacency or apathy, and then you begin to go back into dependence. In other words, maybe the group of people begins to take handouts from the government or from a group of people, and we become begin to become more and more dependent upon that particular government or that, that group of people that's handing out stuff. Huh, does that sound like what's happened in America recently? And I would challenge you and say, yes, it does. And then the final stage in this in this uh, progression of a nation is from dependence back into bondage. And I will challenge you, and this is just my opinion. You can have a different opinion, obviously. But my opinion is um, I think we are coming out of the apathy and we're fairly uh, well into the dependent stage, and I can see down the road that we're heading out of the dependent stage back into bondage. So I think America as a nation, we're about 200 years old, and this progression of, of all great nations that have, that have failed, that have crumbled, that have fallen apart, I think we're in between or coming out of the second to the last step, second to last phase, into the very last one. And I think that's a very revealing, uh, thought-provoking quote from uh, Alexander Tyler to to look at and think about. So um, think about it yourself. Where do you think we're at as a nation? Um, Once again, I want to read this one more time. Uh, The average age of of the world's greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. These nations have progressed through the following sequence. From bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to, to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, and from apathy to dependence, and from dependence back into bondage. That's by Alexander Fraser Teitler. And I believe we're somewhere between the second to the last and the last stage of a country right now. And I say in the book, please stop and think about this quote and ask yourself this question. Where is America in this sequence? I'm going to take my last break. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro, talking about uh, a book that I've got that I've just finished writing that's getting ready to come out. Um, I'm hopefully, hopefully it will be out by the, around the end of August. 
Um, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, but that's my target date is September 1st to have the book ready. And I just talked a little bit about the introduction of the book, kind of, kind of some of the theme of the book. I want to take just a couple minutes now, and I want to kind of run through some of the chapters of the book, give you a little bit of an idea, a little bit of a snapshot about some of the progression of what I've written about in this book. Chapter one in the book is called What is Truth? And if you stop and think about it in this country, um, and I mentioned this before, um, really at the end of the day, I may say something is true, and you may disagree with it. And you may say, Craig, just because you think it's true doesn't mean I think it's true. And at the end of the day, or at the end of all things, here's what I will tell you. What I say and what you say is truth or not truth has no bearing on what is truth. Stop and think about that. What I say is true and what you say is true have no bearing on if something really is true. There's a plumb line. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That plumb line of what really is true is the Bible, God's word. And so chapter one in the book is called What is True? or what is truth, and I talk about it at length. Chapter 2 is called The Role of a Watchman. Now, I kind of touched on this um, at the start of the program of of the reason for my ministry and the reason really for writing uh, not only this book but the first book that I wrote. And so Chapter 2 is is called The Role of a Watchman, and I talk about that. And I will mention one thing quickly in regard to that. The, the, The way the term watchman came is back in the days of the Old Testament, they had walled villages. They had towns, and they would build a wall around the town. And to protect the town from the enemy, on top of these walls, they had um, areas where you could walk and you could sit, and they had people up on the top of these walls peering out into the distance and keeping a watch out for an enemy approaching. And if they saw an enemy approaching, they would turn around and blow a trumpet, which would warn the people that an enemy was approaching. And that's where the term watchman comes from in the Old Testament of the Bible. And that's really a great snapshot or a great word picture of what a watchman's role is. A watchman's role is to be able to look out and and give a warning that the enemy is approaching. Give Give a warning to the people that something is wrong. So that's really the role of a watchman. Chapter three in my new book is called Political Correctness, The Road to Hell. Now, as I read through these chapters... You're probably going to some some people are going to hear this and they're going to kind of roll their eyes. I think some people are probably going to hear these chapters and go, "This is something I'm that sounds very interesting. I'm going to want to read." Understand this: every chapter is filled with different uh, uh, scriptures and verses from the Bible that back up the dialogue and back up the facts that I put into this book. This, I, I, I when I write, I can't help it, folks. There's going to be a lot of scriptural support for the things I wrote. Right. So chapter 3 is called Political Correctness, The Road to Hell. Kind of self-explanatory, in my opinion, this political correctness that has engulfed our nation so strongly is taking us literally on the road to hell. And so that's what, that, that's what chapter 3 is. Chapter 4, we've lost our minds. <laughs> if you listen to the program for very long, you've probably heard me say that once or twice. I I don't know how else to say it. It's a pretty clear statement. Folks, I believe, and I know a lot of you do that listen to this program, that we in America today have lost our minds. We've lost our spiritual way. We've lost our spiritual uh, bearings. 
And we are now, I mean, I'm just telling you something. We all have relatives. We all have fathers and grandfathers or mothers or grandmothers that passed away in years past. My dad passed away about 10 years ago. My mom was about 14 years ago. And I'm telling you, if you could, if my parents could come out of the grave right now and see the world we've got going and what's going on in the world right now, they would say to you guys, what in the world is going on with you guys? Y'all have lost your minds. And that's really what chapter four is. Uh, and again, we, I'm going to give you scriptural support for that. But chapter four in the Bible, I mean, chapter four in my book is called, We've Lost Our Minds. Chapter five in the book is called, It Didn't Happen Overnight. See, the devil is clever and he is subtle. And I will tell you this, it's as if the, when we, there, and there was a turning point, and I'll talk about it in the book, there was a turning point where we began to make some changes in our country, and I felt like that opened the door just a little bit for the devil to ride in. And it's as if the devil has ridden in the camp in the in the darkness of the cover of night and is destroying our nation, destroying the camp from within. And I sincerely believe that's what's happening in America today. So that's chapters. That I, I read the inter, part of the introduction, and I mentioned the title of chapters 1 through 5, that's all I'm going to do today on that. Here's what I will tell you. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to begin to talk about in a little bit more depth uh, some of the chapters in the book, some of the themes in the book. Uh, I hope I don't give enough away where you go, I don't need to go read the book. I already know what the book's about. But um, long story short, uh, I have written my second book. I will continue to give you details as we're heading towards the publishing. Um, I will tell you this, that... Um, I'm going to give a phone number, and I'm not trying to promote the book. Um, my first book, Free Indeed, um, we probably there's probably been 40,000 copies distributed, and most of those were free. We did not charge. I don't write to make money, but I do want to get the book out to people here on this, this second book. So my phone number, in case you're interested in, in, in getting on a list of people who we, we will, as soon as the book is out, we will take your contact information and let you know how you can get a copy of the book. Uh, the telephone number that you could text your contact information to and say, I'm interested in the second book, that contact number is 469-688-7615. Once again, that phone number, you can text your contact information and say, I want information about uh, Craig's book is 469-688-7615. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, my name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we stand up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.